Did you know that every word you speak matters? Are your conversations making a difference? With a passion for words and a heart for conversation, Teresa Velarde is a self-professed word nerd, best-selling author, BizCat 360 columnist, and publisher. Children's books as well as fiction and nonfiction books are welcomed at Weeby Books Publishing and Book Endeavors, the imprints of her company, Authentic Endeavors Publishing. Whether written or spoken, Teresa strives to encourage and inspire meaningful conversations that make a difference. Here's the host of Conversations That Make a Difference, Teresa Velarde. Hello and welcome to Conversations That Make a Difference. I am Teresa Velarde and we are here with Angela Bertone. We're going to get started in just a minute, but welcome Angela, good to have you here. Um, I want to just start with a couple of housekeeping things that, um, that we need to cover. Conversations That Make a Difference is aired every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. with live call-in video shows every first and third Tuesday of the month. Listen live on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network, online, mobile, in your car, on YouTube, and you can even ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 radio. So I hope you join us. You can go to dreamvision7radio.com for ways to get on the live show. Just click the link that says um, YouTube and you can join us for the conversation here. So we, um, we are welcoming all any and all conversation. Questions for Angela are welcome today. So we like to start with a prayer. So I'm gonna start with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And it is by God's grace that we are fabulous, blessed and highly favored, living in our greatness, using our gifts and talents, making a difference in the lives of others with passion and purpose. And all of God's great universe is conspiring in our favor. And we gratefully say, amen. amen. Let me give you a little bit of information on who this lovely lady is with me today. Angela Bertone is known as a spiritual cardiologist to the brokenhearted. She's a licensed ordained minister who travels across America and internationally teaching and demonstrating revolutionary truths about the human body and how it relates to our spirituality. She facilitates over 400 personal sessions per year with miracles following. Breaking unhealthy life, life cycles trapped in the subconscious has yielded miraculous healing to numerous recipients. She has seen cancer die, healing to new, uh, excuse me, tumors disappear, a dead bladder come to life, PTSD disappear, marriages heal, and symptoms of fibromyalgia and food allergies gone. Angela's life coaching has set people free from codependent and self-destructive relationship patterns. Angela says, the body suffers when the heart is broken. And there was so much truth to that. And we're going to have that conversation with Angela right now. Welcome, Angela. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. And you, I've known you for a few years now. And I've seen some of the work that you've done in a small scenario, a small situation. And I can only imagine what, um, what goes on when you're in a, a much bigger forum and how many people are um, in some way, shape or form healed 
with what you what you share. So you want to tell us a little bit about how you got the title spiritual cardiologist? Yeah, actually, it wasn't a compliment the first time it was given to me. Um, um, so years ago in the mid 90s, I was volunteering um, doing women's retreat once a month. And the person that asked me to come and facilitate with her asked me to do, quote unquote, that emotional thing that you do. Um, and basically, because what I've discovered in the emotion, I haven't been taught by an individual. It was on my own quest, trying to answer questions about, you know, if the Bible's real and God heals, how come we haven't seen it? And I didn't know that other people were seeing miracles. I wasn't seeing miracles. So I just assumed others weren't. And I assumed that if they were, we would somehow know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started um, testing my theory that I thought I had discovered in the Bible that all of the issues flow from the heart. And so I would work and in, in validating the heart, helping the heart to, to see life through a different set of eyes in, in an attempt to make the emotion calm down or rest. And when I did that, um, in the beginning, it was extremely painful because it was kind of like having open heart surgery and brain surgery with no Novocaine. Oh. And that was in the early days. And I didn't have the skill that I have today. I had um, biblical knowledge, but I could only pursue, presume that I understood it well. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't hear God out loud. Um, I would study words. I, too, uh, am a self-proclaimed etymologist. And so in studying letters and words, um, I found a correlation uh, that the correlation was true. And the few, few of the scriptures that I discovered it in was in Proverbs, Lamentations, Ephesians, just to name a few. And the very first person I actually witnessed healing was my sister. She had two brain tumors in MS. Wow. And um, I asked her, please, you know, let me do this thing on you, which is where she said, do your thing. Let me do this thing on you. And I'll see. And if when you get to MD Anderson, maybe they won't be there. And so that is, in fact, what happened. I did some emotional work with her. And two weeks later, she went to MD Anderson and they did a cerebral angiogram. And the two tumors that she had was got, were gone and oh there were no lesions on the brainstem. Therefore, the MS was gone and all the symptoms left. And that was in the early 90s. Wow. So I guess miracles don't make the six o'clock news, but they definitely show up somehow. Um, you know, that it fascinates me. And I have, um, have you been watching that show, The Chosen? Have you been watching it? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There are no words. I feel like when I'm watching that, um, the Jesus that I have experienced in my life, and I've experienced Jesus in a new, number of ways, some are visions, some are dreams, some are like when I'm asleep, I could hear like audibly in my sleep mm-hmm. things. But I've also had experiences with Jesus where it felt like a hologram and it felt like I was over here in my body watching me over there in a vision like a hologram. And I had my earthly understanding of my observation and I had my experiential understanding in the hologram. Mm-hmm. And the Jesus that I know is so much like the Jesus and the chosen. I'm like, oh my gosh, they, they know him like I know him, like, or how could they portray him funny and a little bit sarcastic every now and then and just human. Yeah. Human. Just so human. Mm -hmm. And that's how he is whenever I'm with them. Like 
I mean, we're always with him. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. there are times when my consciousness is more aware. And obviously there are spiritual parts of me that sometimes can't see in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know how to get there like on purpose. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, excuse me, when it happens to me and I see Jesus, like literally see him, touch him, dance with him, things like that. It it's it feels like the same personality that I'm watching on the chosen. So yeah, I get I'm it's, I'm wrecked when I watch the so chosen. Awesome. So what do you say to the people who are saying right now? What what do you say to the people that are saying, is this woman for real? Is this is this something that she truly experiences? Because I'm sure that you get a lot of that. I mean, any of us who have a true relationship <laughs> with God, with Jesus, um, have experienced him in one way or another. The little whispers that we hear, the the dreams that come to us at night that have some meaning behind them that we just don't realize that they they do. Um, the encounters we have with our deceased loved ones uh, and that sort of thing. Like, what do you say to people who who say to you, Angela? How is this possible? Well, my answer is I don't know how it's possible with, but to those who believe, to them all things are possible. Mm-hmm. Um, my first encounter, what I would call supernatural, that I'm that I remember, I was probably about four years old, mm-hmm. and the Lord revealed some things to me at four that I knew was was something called the Great Expanse. I didn't know that was a terminology till I was probably around 2003 to 2004, somewhere in there. I actually read in a science book, The Great Expanse. I was like, <clears throat> you know, it freaked me out because I knew that word. Yeah. And I and I I didn't share that for many years. And then when I did share it, I remember I was like in grade school and people thought I was crazy. So I was like, well, I ain't telling anybody else what else, I, you know, what I'm mm-hmm. seeing or what's going on because then they'll label you as crazy. Now, back in the day, that wasn't common for people to talk about things like that. And then there came a point in time where uh, signs and wonders and miracles began to happen um, here and there in the early 90s. And so I began to to share some of it. And I was told by some of my leaders, you know, you shouldn't say that or, you know, you know, don't let people tell you that, you know, that. That don't mistake yourself for God. I mean, re- really weird stuff, you know, like, well, that might be witchcraft or, you know, I mean, I, the things I've been through in my walk with the Lord and taking the risk that I've taken to get out, get outside the box and mm-hmm. just trust the Lord. Um, I, I hope this isn't taken wrong, but it, it doesn't bother me like it used to, like I'm no longer offended. Yeah. And I can, and I feel, um, I feel like whenever somebody questions me, I'm like, oh, that's a great question. You know, I don't know that answer because I've never asked it before, but let's ask the Lord and see what he says. Yeah. You know, and sometimes the Lord will give me an answer right then, but sometimes he doesn't. And I don't hear God, like I said, audibly, except in my sleep. Uh, One time it kind of felt audible. That's not the right word. It was more, more like um, the best I can explain it is it was whole. So when God speaks to me right now, you're waiting for me to say the next word. And if I pause properly, I can have you hanging on the edge of your seat waiting for the next word. As a writer, we we try to do that, right? We want those hooks and those page turners. And and the, the listener is waiting. When God speaks to me, there is no waiting. It's like the whole concept 
the whole conversation can just be like vroom, downloaded into me. That's, I'm glad you used that word. Isn't this what somebody calls a download? And you use that word, that's perfect. I mean, so, so the, the best way I can explain it in a parable, uh-huh. and I asked for this parable because I'm like, God, how do I explain this to people? And I feel like God gives me those answers in parable. So when you look at a square, a circle, or a diamond, a triangle, any of those things, you don't go from point to point to point to figure it out, do you? Mm-mm. You just look at it. You just yeah, know. Yeah. Now, when you were learning, you did. But once you know it, you're not trying to figure out based on whether it's three points or four points. And you could look at a rectangle and a square, know the difference just like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. because you're seeing the whole thing. You're not waiting for the next bit of information. That's how it feels when God speaks to me. Now, God doesn't always speak to me and give me downloads like a revelation or an answer to a question, which he does. There are times he does, and that's when it feels the most audible, but it's not audible. It's just gestalt. It's it's whole. I don't know what else to call it. Um, but whenever... A lot of times when I hear from the Lord, God will ask me a question or he'll say to me, go look this up. And it will be a word I've never heard of before. Mm. I'll go look it up and it means the exact, that exact thing. And so I hope that helps. I don't know if I really answered your question. You know, I think, I think that everybody, depending on, depending on what you believe and depending on, on. Um, whether or not you have a relationship, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, she's talking about religion. No, 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 no. I am not talking about religion. It doesn't matter to me what religion you are, what belief system you have. But what I do know is that I I believe, and I was brought up with Jesus, believing in Jesus and believing that he is real, that he was fully man and fully God, and he walked this earth. And that um, there are messages that people get, myself included, myself included. And it's, it's like, even if it's like, Teresa, don't go that way. And then I'll find out later on that there was a bad accident or something that happened. So all those little intuitive, I'm going to call them intuitive little things that you get, I believe are messages from the heavens. I believe that they are messages from God and from Jesus to, to protect us and to keep us keep us walking the path that we came here to walk. And boy, are we in a crazy time during this walk, right? So, <laughs> and it's so I'm, I'm so glad that The Chosen is on and that people can really look at something other than the six o'clock news to stay sane and to stay um, peaceful and calm during this crazy, crazy world that we're in. How, um, how would you say... What's one thing you can tell people to do that they can find comfort in um, in this conversation and in coming to a place where they can actually, um, you know, listen to or pay more attention to any messages that they might get from uh, from from the Lord, from Jesus? Um, I think that's a great question, and I think for me personally, and I don't want to presume that the way God talks to me. And the language that God speaks to me is the only language in which God speaks. I believe 
God, you know, can, God is all things unto all men, right? Are we supposed to be all things unto all men that they might know Christ? Right, and he well, meets us God, exactly where we are. He meets us exactly where we are. That's the other thing I think people need to, to understand that, that nobody's going to take, they're not going to take us on this, this um, crazy adventure that if we're not ready for it. If we're right. Not, um, right. Well, and you know, there are things in life I don't, there are some things in life that I'm not sure that you feel ready for. But in 2 Timothy 1.9, it says that God gave you grace to fulfill the holy call that's on your life for the purposes of God. And that that was done before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. Mm -hmm. So I believe that we are equipped before we come here. And I'd also believe that once we get here, um, the things that we go through that sharpen us, that um, grow us up, mature us, purge us, like the fiery trials, if you will, that actually burn up the things in us that we were born with and that was put in our members that feels like it was a mistake. You know, like we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. I love to talk about that topic because fear is the opposite of peace, right? It's also the opposite of what, what happens when you feel loved. Um, and so I was like, well, God, why'd you make me fearful and wonderful? Like, how's the, how do they go together? Well, wonder actually means to not know. And so I've learned through much sorrow, much suffering, that my most favorite place to be that feels the most relief, the most peace, the most freedom is that I don't need to know. I am full of not knowing. And that is wonderful. So I'm full of wonder. I'm full of not knowing. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're not, when you, when you haven't learned that some things are better left unknown until you're mature enough, mm -hmm. right? Or until... Uh, until God says it's okay for you to know. Um, knowing don't always bring peace, but knowing the one who knows does. Yes. And so there are things that I have been made aware of in my life that I wished I didn't know. It was so painful to discover that I was like, oh, I wish I could unknow that. Mm -hmm. And through a lot of sorrow, I learned that if I need to know it, Holy Spirit will tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm I'm now at peace with not knowing. Now, for a word nerd like me and you, <laughs> for etymologists who break, I, I read the dictionary for fun, and I am not exaggerating. One time, one of my best friends fell asleep on the phone because I was taking the dictionary and breaking apart a word, and I was telling her what I found in that one word, and she was like so bored. And I was like <laughs> passionately in revelation. And so I had to realize that not everybody thinks that, you know, that the letter Shin is important and, and informative and infinite. When you, when you look at letters, whether it's in the Hebrew or the English, and God begins to unveil them, you realize that words are infinite. Like in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So what could I say to people to help them feel at peace? And that is, look at yourself and begin to look at how God made you. Ask God, why did you make me this way? It's a really good question. Mm -hmm. Because we we wonder, like, I don't like this part of me or I don't like that part of me. But if, if you felt like you never did wrong or you were perfect, um, meaning as in not sinning, perfect, that kind of, or doing everything right, then you would presume, or at least for me, I presume that was when I was accepted. I'm accepted when I do things well and I and I avoid things that are not done well and that's yeah. when people like me or that's when I'm accepted 
And when I was in my worst moment is when God revealed his love to me. Yeah. And God showed me that if I can love you and I know every intricate part of you, I know all your fears. I know all your judgments. I know all your failures. I know all the places you don't measure up. I know all your lies that you've told yourself. I know what you don't know. I know what you presume, you know, and he still loved me. Yes. And so that's the place of peace is knowing him and knowing why he made me the way that I am. I think I've got a lot of answers that have given me peace. The other thing is, I don't think we've entered the, to this revolutionary thought process yet. What I'm about to say in scripture, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways, which is he's talking. The, the topic here is the heart. Mm -hmm. So what ways? The heart ways. The word righteousness means God's heart ways. Mm -hmm. So acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Yeah. Well, I used to have an emotion and in my mind, I would judge that emotion that I'm feeling this way because I did this or didn't do that. Or someone else did this or did not do that. And that was my judgment or my measuring device that I used to understand my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I learned that that didn't work very well. But if I would have an emotion and say, Father, I feel this emotion like it's it's in me. What are you telling me? through this emotion. And that comes from the scripture where Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said to them, or he answered them. They had asked him, why do you speak in riddles? Why don't you speak plainly? He was, he only spoke in parable and he only said what he heard his father say. So they're, they're like not understanding him. And they've been hanging out with him now for like three years. And so he says, are you, is your heart still hard? Do you still not hear? Is your heart still hard? Do you still not see? So, um, at the age of 12, I felt like God spoke to me and, and showed me that the key was in the emotions. I thought I want to be a psychologist or something like that. But then as I got older, I was really glad that I didn't go in and complete that degree because I couldn't I couldn't do legally what I do today as a minister. Because um, I can cry with those who cry and rejoice with those who rejoice as a minister. But as a psychologist or psychiatrist, that'd be off limits. Yeah. But what I learned um, in the emotion is where you connect. Yes. That's where true relationship is. And for uh, I, when, I, you know, when I'm speaking to a crowd, I'll say, man, this is for you. If you think a woman's logical, you've lost your mind. <laughs> Women are not logical. <laughs> Women are emotional first. And we can go into our logic. Yes. But we live relationally through the heart. And if you look at Eve, that's where she came from. She came from the inside, right? Exactly. And so... That's where I learned to hear God was in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I learned that through much, uh, many hours on my face, many tears, begging, crying, pleading, God, just take me if I can't hear your voice. I can't live by bread alone. Yeah. And then when I began to hear God's voice, it was not in my head. It's in your heart. It was in my heart yeah. and in my ear. I don't know how to explain it, but you can hear with your heart and you can hear with your logic. Yes. And Jesus yes. told his disciples that. So, so it took me a long time and I am, I offer myself out as a life coach and I'm a very specific type of life coach. All right. Hold I'm on. Wait, life wait, coach. wait, 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 hold, hold. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. We have to go to a break. So we're just going to take a, a couple of minutes to, um, to have this break and we're going to come right back with Angela Breton and more about spiritual cardiology.
What if dreams can diagnose your life? What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Cannabis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research, and interpret dreams from you, the caller. Dreaming Healing shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Come live your dreams out loud with Cat. Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience Hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times best-selling authors James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through Mayhem to Miracles, sacred stories of transformational hope, available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide. Did you know that every word you speak matters? What you say and how you say it can make or break a relationship or shift the outcome of any situation. Are your conversations making a difference? Faith in God, gratitude, authenticity, and giving are Teresa Velarde's heart. It's in this spirit that she's focused on making a difference in the lives she's blessed to touch. Conversations that make a difference is now on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Omega Institute, offering workshops, retreats, and online learning dedicated to awakening the best in the human spirit. For over 40 years, Omega has seen more than a million people come through its doors to grow, learn, and find a greater sense of purpose. With over 350 workshops to choose from, Omega offers something for everyone. Located in Rhinebeck, New York, just 90 miles north of New York City, Omega's natural environment and quiet pace allow for extraordinary experiences to unfold. Learn more at eomega.org or call 877-944-2002. Again, 877-944-2002. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we're back. And before we revisit our conversation, I just want to say that the Fourfold Formula for All Things Wellness, written by Dr. Marcus Betstein and Peggy Wilms, is the book of the month for Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. You can go on the, um, on the website and look at the newsletter and find the, um, the tab that says uh, books that we love and you can see that there. And also I wanna let everybody know that A Daily Gift of Gratitude is out. There's over a hundred authors in here bringing stories of gratitude <clears throat> and they are from around the globe. I have people from um, Africa, from England, from Australia, from all over the world, you'll find somebody 
that has a story for you. They're one page a piece. And we are gathering stories, by the way, for this um, next version of this book, which is A Daily Gift of Hope. And, and Angela's going to be in that one. She missed the deadline for this one, but that's okay because we have more coming. Daily Gift of Hope is next and then A Daily Gift of Kindness. So if you have a story you want to tell, just go to... Oh, what is it? Dailygiftbookseries.com. And you can find out all the information there. Now let's get back to Angela. So you said that um, you are a specific kind of coach. So let's talk about how you help people with their um, heart problems that ultimately somehow manifest in the body. Okay. Well, um, since the word says that all of life's issues flow from the heart, um, I started studying the heart at age 19 and found that relationships are founded on or die in, uh, they're found on healthy emotions or they die in unhealthy emotions. So any relationship, business, marriage, whatever, um, even our relationship with God, people say, well, you can't trust your emotions, you know, just trust the word. And the truth of the matter is there's power in the word and there's life and death in the tongue. <clears throat> and based on how I use my word, I, I can intentionally make you feel something. And there was a, a teaching years ago that said, you know, don't give people the power to make you feel something. Well, that's like saying, don't give the temperature the power to make you feel cold. Yeah. I mean, you can do something about the temperature and you can put on a coat or you can take off a coat, but the temperature is still the temperature. So if an individual, let's say, feels like they're drowning in rejection there's a number of things that could be causing that. Number one that I look at is, does the person believe they're rejected or are they still living in a belief that they were rejected when they were young? Maybe they were adopted. Maybe they were the middle child. Maybe they were bullied. And then we go and we look at that core belief and we reframe that belief from, from who they are eternally. So there's, you know, there's, a, there's a part of our brain called the occipital lobe. And the occipital lobe is a database of information. So kind of think of it like an alphabet soup. You can make anything you want with alphabet soup. Well, that part of your brain is, is a, a primitive part that holds unprocessed information. And so if I have a question of, oh, how do I get out of this dangerous situation? My occipital lobe is gonna randomly, super, super nano fast, give me every possible way to exit. And it's going to do that to save my life. Yeah. But it also, if I say, why did God let this happen? My occipital lobe is going to give me every possibility as to why that might have happened, including, well, maybe the devil did it. Mm -hmm. And whichever one I feel most comfortable in accepting becomes my truth. Even if I'm not comfortable with it, but it's been reinforced, it'll become my truth. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. When I was growing up, I was number five out of six girls. I was the only one fair complected. My maiden name is Quesada. They are all dark hair, dark skin, dark eyes. And I had, I have white hair now, but I had blonde hair when I was younger. And so, and I looked more like my mom. And so when they told me I was adopted, I believed them. Mm. They told me that they found me in a garbage can and mama felt sorry for me. And that's why I was her favorite. She really pitied me that I really wasn't loved like the rest of them. Oh. And so my mom reassured me that wasn't true. And I learned as I grew older that they were just picking and every kid does some of that kind of stuff. But somewhere inside of me believed I was rejected 
And then my occipital lobe, every time I would feel that somewhere else, it would hurry up and process it and come to a conclusion as to why I felt that. Now, you can get through life like that okay, but then for me, I became an overachiever. I became what I call a chameleon. I would do whatever I thought Teresa wanted me to do so Teresa would like me or whatever my mama wanted or my daddy wanted or whoever in that moment, which means I really didn't have any identity. Mm-hmm. My identity was based on what I thought you might want, and then it was always a moving target. So when people come to me with issues, and if that was their issue, I would go into their emotion with their permission. I would explain to them what I'm going to do first, and I would make sure they were in agreement with everything. It's not, I'm not a hypnosis person. I've never been hypnotized. I don't, even know, don't have a clue how you would even do anything like that. But I, I do pretend we can remember. I pretend we can remember before time. See, I was crucified in Christ before the foundations. Mm-hmm. I was called before the foundations were ever laid. So how do you, how can you imagine that you do it in your heart? Cause your brain won't let you, your brain says you can't sit up. You can't fly past the moon with Jesus through the air. Mm-hmm. And so when I first coached someone, I coached them on a little bit of science, not a whole lot because I got to satisfy and honor their brain, making sure that I'm not doing something evil or wicked or twisted. Um, and then once I explain what's going on in the brain and, and in the cellular level and chemistry and all that, and I try to do as little of that as that is possible because people pay me by the hour. I don't want to you know, charge them for giving them a lesson, but I got to build trust that they don't think I'm doing something creepy. Exactly. I'm working with the way the body works in the brain, your limbic system, your hypothalamus, your memory, your cellular opening and closing. And I coach them to where rejection is like a smell. And not like an, an, a part of my identity. And so if I smell rejection today, if I feel it, if I'm aware of it, I no longer identify as I am rejected. I identify it as a smell. And so my response to that smell is, oh, Father, I, I feel that. I smell that. Where is it coming from? So it's kind of like if you smell body odor, the first thing you do is go, is that me? And if it's not, you go, whoo, glad it's not me. You don't do that out loud, but on the inside, you're doing it, right? If nobody's around, then you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you know, it don't matter if you're obvious, but if people are around, you kind of in, you know, you kind of inconspicuously, however you say that word, like sniff yourself to see if it's you. And if it's not, then you're like, oh, thank God it's not me. If it is you, you might run to the bathroom and try and put a little perfume or something to try and make yourself not have body odor, but it's still there. So the same thing is true with your emotions. And as a coach, I teach people skill, how to listen to an emotion, get the information that emotion is providing, and then submit that emotion to the Lord and Mm -hmm. ask the Lord to tell you why you're feeling this. Mm -hmm. And when I did that in my life, the ability to hear God changed drastically. Mm -hmm. Dreams, visions, encounters, Um, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, um, it just, it exploded because I was no longer afraid of emotion as though those emotions somehow uh, I was a prisoner of. And so for me, I mean, I'm 57 today, I turned 57 in December. So I've been practicing the art, if you will, or the skill of listening to the emotion and asking the Holy Spirit, what is it? And what do I do with it? And that's the scripture that says, trust the Lord your God with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Lean not into your own understanding of whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge God in all these ways and he'll direct your path. And 
I attribute those skills to the ability to help people in every area of life. And, and that's why I offer myself out as a spiritual life coach, because spirit means not measurable. Mm-hmm. That, that is, which is you know, against such, there is no law so that you can't measure kindness. You can't give me a foot of long suffering. No, you can't measure endurance. Um, and so emotions are either going to be uh, managed or are they going to mature? And I would prefer they mature. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually have somebody text me a question. You mentioned healing emotions heals the body. Does healing, does a healing heart involve forgiveness or is it just knowledge base? Please clarify. Now, this is going to be a really, uh, I'm glad that this, this question was asked because I'm having a conversation with someone recently who doesn't believe that forgiveness takes is an is a verb. They don't believe that there's anything that has to happen, um, that we don't have to do anything where forgiveness is um, is concerned. So this is a really good question. Does healing the heart involve forgiveness? Personally, I think yes, in some cases. Um, but what's what's your answer when somebody asks that? Every time that I have witnessed an, a miracle, the the emotion of feeling God's love, acceptance, grace, mercy, and or forgiveness was present. Mm-hmm. Every healing I've ever witnessed, um, many times it's self-forgiveness, uh, but people do get stuck with, with a will to forgive, but the emotion doesn't let go. So let me explain this to you. Our cells have memory, like muscle memory. If you're, if you're an athlete, you have muscle memory. Your heart has memory that's different than your head. And we've discovered that when a, when a nine-year-old little girl received a heart transplant of another nine-year-old little girl who was bludgeoned to death after she was abducted, abducted and tortured and left in the woods to die. Oh, my Lord. So that's a real scientific story. This little girl, he, he beat her in the head with a rock and thought she was dead. She was brain dead, but her, her, all of her organs were fine. She had no limited blood flow except to the damage of her, of her head. So after this little girl gets the heart transplant, she begins to have dreams of this other little girl's real life. Now, the psychologist didn't know if it was real life or not, so she calls in a forensic, psycho- a forensic artist, and the forensic artist draws pictures of what the little girl who, got the, who received the new heart was seen in her dreams. They mm-hmm. put out an all points bulletin, wanted whatever poster of this drawing. And it was so identical to the man who abducted the little girl and, and, and murdered her, that he turned himself in. And what he confessed, they never told in the public. They just, the little girl was in her dream was identical. And so we know that we have memory in other parts of our body other than our head. Right. Now, when the cell has a memory, we don't think of it like a molecule, but it is. It's a fatty molecule, and it's also made up of made up of other chemicals. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever been uh, riding in the car, or you go somewhere, and a particular smell or a particular song floods your body with emotion and a memory? Yeah, that's because your hypothalamus was kicking in, and so was your fight or flight system, or a part of you that felt loved. The system where you feel acceptance and all of that. And so when, when somebody comes to me, logically, I can't, I can't facilitate healing. I logically know what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because in my dreams and in my studies of words that God would tell me to study, I'd go study those words. And I was like, oh, Lord, why didn't you tell me this like 15 years ago? And the Lord, I would have known what I was doing. And the Lord said, if you would have known what you were doing, you wouldn't have trusted my voice. There you go. You would have just trusted the science. And God wanted to teach me to hear his voice. That's the same way Jesus healed people. He heard their voice, the mm-hmm. voice of God. I mean, he heard his father's voice and he only said what he heard his father say. So hearing God is vital when I do the work that I do, right? And so when you, when it, let's just pretend that we have one cell. It doesn't work like this, but for the sake of explanation, let's pretend that in one cell, oh, I'm sorry, I knocked the book down. Um, we have, in one cell, there's a memory. And in that memory is the feeling of abandonment. And coupled in that abandonment is the feeling of unforgiveness and resentment. Okay. Now that cell is locked down. It's got a conclusion. It's got facts. It's got processing. It's got conclusion. It's got positive and negatively charged chemicals in there. And it's locked down because it's going to protect. Now, at any time something triggers that memory, the hypothalamus is going to pump those same chemicals into the bloodstream and that, 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 wall is going to open up because it might need to receive new information to save your life. Okay. So it's going to vibrate. It's going to open up and it's ready for new information. So whatever key locked the cell is the same key that will open it. So cells receive information, just like uh, you got sugar in your bloodstream and the, and the endocrine system says, Hey, we need some insulin. The pancreas says, okay, here's some insulin. Insulin says, Hey, sugar, you want to go on a date? They hook up and they go in the cell for receptor <laughs> site. Right. And so the same thing happens whenever, um, your body senses a uh, old wound, something like that. The body's mm-hmm. waiting for new information on possibly how to save your life. So let's take a Vietnam veteran. I got that cell open there in their memory. And now if I put new information in the ear gate, into the bloodstream that feels, gotta be feeling, not logical. It's gotta mm-hmm. feel like love, compassion, understanding, grace, mercy, forgiveness typically for the person first, not necessarily from the person. Mm-hmm. But once that, that person's feeling loved and purpose for whatever their pain was, now that cell that was full of, let's say, an espresso black coffee has now received cream and honey and chocolate. Mm-hmm. And then it calms back down. And what used to be an espresso is now a mocha latte. Because <laughs> I can't get the coffee out. I can't get that black bitter memory out. It, the body would know I was lying. Yeah. But if I take the truth of God's word and I put a parable around it and in that parable, the person feels the love and mercies of God. Mm -hmm. Then when that cell calms down, I can take a Vietnam veteran who before could not sound, handle the sound of a, well, I'll give you a real, real life example. I had a, a gentleman that I worked with. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Go to your commercial break. Go ahead. We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll go right back to that as soon as we come back. We have to, we have to take a break at this time. More from Angela Bertone as soon as we return from this break. We'll be right back. Hmm. When you think about being healthy and happy, do you consider the 24 areas of your life? Probably not. 
With the All Things Wellness Wheel, you become self-empowered, allowing you to make healthier decisions about relationships, nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, and even your value system. The All Things Wellness book series, written by Peggy Wilms and Dr. Marcus Betstein, teaches about the ATW Wheel and brings dozens of true and personal stories from real people. The first of these multi-author books, The Fourfold Formula, features the foreword written by the Celestine Prophecy author, James Redfield, and is now available on Amazon. Reserve your spot now to become a published author in book two, Win the Wellness War, We Are Responsible. Visit allthingswellness.com slash author for more information. In a world facing annihilation, a miraculous African nun rises to become the first female pope through a web of war, murder, and betrayal. Loved by some, hated by many, she becomes the deadly target of Islamic terrorists and her own cardinals as she introduces a new vision that will either save humanity or accelerate its destruction. Four people must race against a nuclear holocaust to learn her astonishing secret. Pope Annalisa is available at PeterCanova.com, Amazon, and other online booksellers and bookstores worldwide. Did you know that every word you speak matters? What you say and how you say it can make or break a relationship or shift the outcome of any situation. Are your conversations making a difference? Faith in God, gratitude, authenticity, and giving are Teresa Velarde's heart. It's in this spirit that she's focused on making a difference in the lives she's blessed to touch. Conversations That Make a Difference is now on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Why are we here? How can we be happy? Questions asked from millennials to boomers. Crappy to happy, sacred stories of transformational joy answers them using true stories of grit, grace, and love. James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy, wrote in the foreword, This book is a seminar about emerging truths and offers grounded solutions through the art of the comeback. Dr. Bernie Siegel, a contributing author, wrote, Bodies die, but spirits and consciousness survive and recycle. So grab some tissues, open your book, and prepare to cry and laugh till it heals. Crappy to Happy by Reverend Ariel Patricia and Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and booksellers worldwide. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. And we're back. And now we're just going to go back. We're going to go right into that story that you were talking about um, after your great explanation um, about the Vietnam vet. Go ahead and tell us. Okay. While we were um, in the break, I thought of a better explanation that's easier to understand. So I'm gonna, it's still a Vietnam veteran, but this Vietnam vet was uh, in a particular battle where everyone in the platoon died on, in the battle except for him and the chaplain. And they had to go in under gunfire. Um, I'm talking whizzing by their heads to pull their comrades out to safety to, to get their bodies home, right? Because they were all, all expired. And so 
For 44 years, this man smelt the smell of burning flesh in his nostrils, and he could be in a Walmart parking lot, see Walmart up on the building, see Channel 9 News helicopter fly over his head, and his body believed he was in Vietnam and would respond like it was in Vietnam, but his head knew he was in Walmart parking lot. Mm. Uh-huh. So his knees would begin to buckle, his heart rate would change, his respiratory, he would sweat, his hands would go numb, his, his tongue would go numb, and he'd have to almost crawl back to his truck and sit there until he could talk himself down. So why won't logic work, or like this young, or whoever this person was that asked in the text, you know, how did that healing happen? So when I when I started working with him, what I did was I, um, basically when I, I asked God for a vision not like a not like the vision that happens, but like a story. Like when you're writing a storybook about somebody, mm-hmm. I ask God, God, tell me how to tell this war story so that his body will believe he's no longer in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. what story do I need to tell the body? Because logically the body knows the truth from the head, but it won't receive it. Why? Because he almost died and everybody else except him and the chaplain did. It's such a such a tightly woven calculation in that cell that first of all i got to get that cell to open and i got to get some new information in that he could believe okay Mm -hmm. so when i when i did that and the session was over the first thing that that this man did was he leaned against the wall and he just began weeping his face turned beet red he broke out into a sweat and i'm thinking he is having a panic attack or something i don't know because i can't heal anybody if i could heal one i'd heal all yeah. And so I asked him and he lets me tell his story. And so I said, Paul, what's what's going on? He said, you don't understand. I smell flowers. I said, what oh, do you mean yeah. you smell flowers? Like, are you in a vision or something? He said, no, it's my, my wife's perfume. It must be her perfume. Angela, I haven't smelled anything other than burning flesh for 44 years, but I never told anybody. He, oh, he just didn't make it known. But once the cells rested in his loins, see, the Bible says, gird up your loins with truth. Mm-hmm. Well, your loins aren't up here. Mm-hmm. Your loins are in a neurological network that's in that's woven in your heart and in your bowel where your serotonin is made. Yeah. And so I work in the feelings because the feeling is what opens and closes the doors. Mm-hmm. See, the doors open and close based on whether it feels safe or not safe. Mm-hmm. And so if I can articulate what I see that God tells me to say, I know it's fake. Mm-hmm. I know it's an imagination of what might have happened. But it might be true. I don't know, because I'm just imagining a parable. Lord, give me a parable to say. So I've had many times where I was facilitating the imagination, because remember, your occipital lobe is going to imagine something and plug in anything, even if it's a lie. Right. If you don't know the truth, it's got to plug in something, something. because your cells are going to calculate a conclusion. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you calculate a conclusion, that's that's also known as a mark. Okay, so Mm -hmm. to calculate, you have to make a mark, a plus sign, a negative sign, an equal sign, a multiple check mark. Mm -hmm. But when you get the check mark, this is the conclusion. So when you miss the mark, you sin. Yeah. Okay. And so the mark that we miss is not necessarily the facts. The mark that we miss is I'm love. I'm one with love. God is love and I'm one with God and I am loved by God and he dwells in me and he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. And though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me, you know, and his rod and his staff, they comfort me, all those things. Well, the the head can know it, but it not be in the loins. Right. Exactly. Once I get it in the loins, guess what happens whenever he sees a helicopter? Nothing. Nothing now. Nothing now. 
That's awesome. Because you the loins got the truth. You know, I, I have to say, um, my friend Kat, whose show I'll be on later on tonight with um, with her guest, Johnny Tan, she had um, she had dreams that she God God gave her dreams that um, that helped her to heal from breast cancer, not once, not twice, three times. And so she says, science can only go so far and then comes God. And you just gave us an amazing illustration of that amazing illustration of that. So thank you for that. Um, people, you know, a lot of people think that science is one train of thought and spiritual and God is another train of thought, like they never meet, but this is, they meet, they meet because science would not be unless God, God is, you know? So, um, I just, I just love that, that, that just happened. So, um, my goodness. May I give a scripture based on what you just said? Yes. Okay, and, and this is part of my studies. In Romans chapter one, it says everything that God created, uh-huh. everything. So the A-T-O-M, uh-huh. everything is made out of atoms. Uh-huh. So everything that God made reveals the eternal Godhead. Uh-huh. And everything that is, is unseen is revealed by that which is seen. Right. And so when God created A-D-A-M, he, met, he created male and female. Mm-hmm. When, a, when a, an A-T-O-M is positive, negative, and neutral. So the Godhead is in everything and at all times by positive, negative, and neutral. Those are natures. They all have a nature. Mm-hmm. So God the Father's positive. He's a giver. God the Holy Spirit's a carrier, like a female. And, and Jesus is all things possible. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about anatomy. I'm talking about nature. So you said science, scientists are different than science. Uh Science is the study of whatever is, Uh right? And so the way that I know the most about emotions and about sickness and disease is because the heart, physical heart, however the physical heart works is exactly how emotions work. And I've known how people could heal simply by the type of disease that they had. So tell me what your disease is. How did it start? What part of the body? What were your symptoms? You know, give me the details. Give me the name. Let me look up the name and I can tell my whole life story simply by the disease. Mm. True. Because people go, oh, my gosh, you're right. I'm like, no, honey, your disease was right. It's a story. Yeah. When you talked about that, um, the the story of the little girl and the heart transplant, I just want to let you know, we have about five minutes left. That's it. This hour has flown by, flown by. Um, um, this person, uh, someone said, um, I believe that Jehovah witnesses believe in the spirit, that the spirit is in the blood. So they won't take transfusions. What do you, not that, not that we want to, um, not that we want to, um, point to any one religious belief, but what is the, what is the, um, what do you the have science to of that? What? Okay. Yeah. So, so remember God said everything that you can see is temporary. And so you can see tangible blood is temporary. It's going to turn back to dust. Mm-hmm. All right. So everything you can see is temporary. That's biblical. Mm-hmm. Now blood carries things. It carries frequency, it carries disease, it carries your DNA, it carries all kinds of things. So I believe the reason that the Lord said abstain from blood was to protect you from diseases and stuff like that. 
Mm. But but the blood is carnal. It's going to turn back to dust. So mm. what is the blood revealing that is spiritual, that is eternal? Your emotions. Mm. Remember, spirit means that which is not measurable. Against such, there is no law. Law means judgment or measurement. So if you want to know something spirit or not, can you measure it? Yep. Okay, then it's not spirit. Might be a replica of that which is spirit. Mm. It might be a parable manifested in God's creation to reveal that which is spirit. Because God said, everything that you see reveals the spirit. Right. So I think the true eternal blood is the actual emotion that flows. Because emotion does the same exact thing that blood does. Look, I've seen chromosomes heal like that. Deformities, like little boy that had looked like he had Down syndrome. It was another syndrome. I, I can't remember what it was, but I'll say this fast. We worked in his mama's heart. And the, and the little boy completely healed. No hole in his stomach, no deformed heart, no deformed intestines, no deformed body. And his brain dead bread, brain came back to life simply by working in the mother's heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's the other thing, the, other, the genetic piece of this whole thing is, is a whole other conversation. And we're going to have to have you back to talk about some of that, because I know that Greg Braden has um, said something about the God gene. They've discovered the God gene, right? And so I just, you know... I, whether people believe it or not, we have a piece of God within us and uh, he created us that way. And so God's he, omnipresent. That means he's everywhere and at all times. Exactly. And I'm somewhere. So he's got to be here. Exactly. My, my ability to observe and perceive may be limited, yeah. but he's not. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So Angela, I know you have a couple of books. Let's talk about your books and how people can get them. Um, and you will be in the next book, A Daily Gift of Hope. Um, and I believe that that you've already given us a little bit of hope for people who had no knowledge of what you're talking about. I think that you have done a great job of, um, of explaining a lot of things that could give people who are hopeless for whatever reason. Have, you've given them some hope during our time together here. So thank you for that. So what are your books again? Okay, so I have quite a few. I'll, I'll say three of them right now. Okay. Um, the first one that I wrote is called Good Morning Sunshine, and the word morning is M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And it just helps us to understand that when we go through broken places, we awaken. And so the Bible says that wisdom and understanding come through great sorrow and suffering. Right. The Bible also says if we, if we suffer with him, then we shall reign with him. Mm -hmm. So it's a book about mourning and sorrow, and it helps you to get through it because you're not going around it. You're not going over it. You're not going under it. You're going to go through it or you're going to cycle back. Yeah. So that's to help you. Um, the other one, the second one that I want to talk about is called No Longer Diseaved. And it's a pun on the word Eve. Eve meaning the receiver part of us. And it's a, uh, Michael and I are very vulnerable in our marriage. We, we share. It's a relationship book. It's not for, you know, um, it's an adult book. Let's put it that way. It's very honorable. It's not done distastefully. It's done biblically and scripturally, but it helps. Many marriages have been saved. People even in Germany have written me and said, you saved our marriage with that book. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote another one called um, A Heart Unveiled, and it's my poetry when I went through suffering. And those are my three favorite. I have some children's books as well, but awesome. if you go to AngelaBertone.com, you yes. can see them all. Awesome. That's what I wanted to ask you. AngelaBertone.com. Go there, learn all things Angela. Angela, thank you so much for joining me for conversations that make a difference. We're out of time and everyone out there, I hope that all the conversations that you are having with people you know, people you love, people you don't know that you've spread some kindness to someone else. 
let it make a difference for them and for you. Until next time. Tune in next time for Conversations That Make a Difference with host Teresa Bellardi every Tuesday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern with live call-in shows every first and third Tuesday on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Thank you for listening. And thank you to our producer, Rachel, and to our station owner, Deborah Beauvais, working behind the scenes. Be sure to go to conversationsthatmakeadifference.com for your free gift. Make sure your conversations make a difference.